Do you want to become a better songwriter? Well, we created a very simple 10-minute songwriter personality test, and it's going to help you better understand who you are as a writer, and it's going to help you in the writer's room when you're writing with other writers, because you're going to be able to identify what kind of writer they are, maybe even have them take the songwriter personality test. If you're curious and you want to take the songwriter personality test today, just visit songwriterpersonalitytest.com or go to the link on the writingworship.co website. You're listening to the Brave Worship Podcast with Chrissy Nordhoff and Mary Beth Dodd. Brave Worship is all about encouraging women to write, lead, and live worship. We had... Chrissy Nordoff on this podcast not too long ago. You want to say hi, Chrissy? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> so Chrissy, welcome back. We Thank had you. we had a lot of people respond to that. They they really enjoyed what Chrissy said. We had a great, and, great yeah, conversation. It was a really good one. And so I learned a lot. And so, <laughs> obviously, you could tell that happens every podcast. So I don't know how you know. I yeah. learned a lot we, from your chat. We have right some. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I learned a lot from that. Yeah. We apologize. Well, we're, we're here to educate. Yeah. <laughs> we usually try to do that part of the conversation without people in the room, just because we don't want it to interfere with what you know the real spiritual stuff that's about to happen yes. on the podcast. But we had a really good discussion last time on women in ministry, and we asked, you know, we even at I think on that podcast we said we should do this again mm-hmm. um, because there's so much to talk about and so many things that we feel like. One of the things Corinthians says, says for the weapons of our warfare are not of this world, but they're powerful to demolish every stronghold, argument, and pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And I love that because I feel like there's, there's, um, there's arguments and strongholds that have kept women from being able to, um, step forward into destinies and, and the purpose of God. And I feel like, it's our job to use our tools and weapons that we can to tear those arguments down. And I feel like that happened last time, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to be able to have this discussion again. Yeah. And you brought a friend. I brought a friend today. This is my friend, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Thanks and, for coming. Um, I, I just thought it would be awesome to have her in because while I have, you know, sort of shared a lot of my heart from a, a worship writer perspective, yeah. um, she's been in the field doing leading. Yeah. So it just brings a little different perspective. Yeah. You want to tell us, maybe tell us about yourself, you know, some of your experience and stuff. And maybe we could ask you some questions about it. James is really good at asking questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they have nothing to do with what you just talked about. You're talking about, but I've but. got questions. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Oh. Well, I'm Amanda Blankenship, and I've been leading worship for quite a few years, but in ministry most of my life. Grew up in the church and a pastor's kid. So, oh, you of, got the full spectrum. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, inside and out of what church life would be like in ministry. Um, it's in the last several years, I've been um, with one certain church and different campus, work with them, doing either songwriting. Um, I was over songwriting ministry, worship leading, and um, now working mostly with Chrissy with Brave and leading worship nights you know, in my area with a group called Now Women's Ministry. Awesome. So your experience, well, tell me this as a pastor's kid, you know, we're, we're going to talk today just about, I know you've had different experiences in church. Some of them have been positive, some of them not so positive. What was it like growing up as a pastor's kid? You know, um, for me, I've, you know, there's some things I've asked my dad about several times, like, 
why did we learn this? You know, he's like, well, that's just because I was taught that and mm-hmm. we're both wrong, you know, but we're, when you grew up, was it in an environment where women were empowered, you know, for ministry or was it something that was looked down upon, uh, growing up? I never sensed it being looked down upon. Yeah. Although I didn't see a lot of examples of it. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't taught like it was wrong or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and I knew, so I knew women pastors and some of our other churches and that kind of thing, but I didn't sit under any of that leadership. Yeah. So it was mostly a male leadership, um, that I grew up with. Yeah. So since you didn't see it, what caused you to, to start stepping into ministry? I mean, was it just because nobody held you back? Was it because you wanted to create an example? Was there something that stirred that for you to start stepping forward? Well, when I started feeling kind of a call towards like being working for the church, it was kind of natural, you know, like I'd done it all my life. You'd grown up and mm-hmm. it's what you knew. And, um, but I love, I love God's people. You know, regardless of like, yeah, growing up in the church and being a PK, I saw a lot of things that weren't great, a lot of things that were great, a lot of hurt to my family, but a lot of blessing. Yeah. And so, you know, there are things that you just live through with them. And at the end of the day, I knew I still loved them and, and God wanted me to give my life towards that. Um, so it's all I knew is what was in my heart and to pursue that. And so I didn't at all look at it at any time, like, should I or shouldn't I? Yeah. It was just what was on my heart to do. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's pretty awesome. Mm. Did you have something? Oh, oh, you looked well, at me. You took a big breath and looked at me. Well, sometimes usually that means. Can I say <laughs> Here something? It comes. Sometimes, Here it comes. sometimes it's, you just glow. <laughs> it's the presence of God. Um, no, we just want to dive into like we talked last time about you know women in ministry, and sometimes it's it can be a challenge. And even from my point, if we listened to that last podcast, I was like, where is the breakdown there of what happens? And I know you've had some experiences in that where you've dealt with. Uh, different types of ministry and stuff like that. What have been some of the challenges that maybe we can kind of educate some people that may not know exactly what the big deal is about coming up as a worship leader, as as a female worship leader? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I fell into, and, you know, looking back, hindsight's just knowing things that, right, like, well, um. But I, I was striving really hard to work so hard towards that because I felt like I had to earn my respect. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be respected in that role that I felt God was giving me, but I felt like I had to earn it. It wasn't just given. Hmm. Um, even even the giving of a title wasn't enough to be given the respect. I felt like I had to work harder, longer, whether that was true or not. Like in my mind, I had to work harder, longer, um, more hours, everything just to feel like I belonged in that setting. And how would you over how would you overcome that uh, in your experiences? Um, yeah, that was kind of a journey of God kind of letting me know that I was enough. Right, like I was enough. Who I was as His child was enough, and I didn't need approval from somebody else to do what He's called me to do. Like I just needed to do what He had called me to do, and that was such a freeing time for me to let go of those expectations, even. Um, and, you know, striving to get to, like we talk about the table sometimes, like I just wanted a place at that table and to mm-hmm. be respected in my role and feel part of the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the realization one day that that was just not going to happen in the current setting I was in, it was heartbreaking. I mean, I, I felt just like, you know, they weren't honoring what God had put on my life and they didn't want to, you know, help encourage that or cheer that on. 
And so it was heartbreaking, but at the same point from that, God has done so much to say, I want you as Amanda just to serve me and my people. That's what I put on your heart way back. You know, it was a moment that I remember feeling that I, I want to serve his people. Then go serve my people. Hmm. Like you don't need the title. You don't need that, that certain context. You just need me and let's go do that. And something her and I have been talking about a lot lately was um, basically when women are feeling that way, um, you know, and sort of feeling that way in their current church setting, um, really talking about letting the walls of the church fall down because honestly, his people are everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like we can get so wrapped up in why can't I serve here or why am I not, you know, all of those things that are bubbling up um, in the hearts of many females when at the same time, like the mission field is wide open outside of the walls of the Mm -hmm. church. I think sometimes we feel like that's where we have to serve, Mm -hmm. but we've been talking about that a lot lately. Yeah, And especially growing up in church, like that's what Mm. I knew, that structure, that system, that it was that's what you did. Yeah. You know, if you were called and you had like a pastoring spirit, it was, okay, well, you know, I'm a district licensed minister because that was a path that they set me on, you know, because that was that calling. And God's really kind of opened my eyes to see like, let's, let's bring the creativity back into that as creatives even and say, if God's got that call on your life, well, then how creatively does he want you to pursue that? Yeah. And it might not look like, this structure. It might not look like this box or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Let's let him use us and seek him on how that's going to look like and just kind of open the doors to that and go for it. Yeah. I think that's a powerful thing. And I think maybe we can even push on that a little bit more because I think that's across the board for anybody listening to this right now. I think we tend to put ourselves into positions that we've seen before and we don't know how to expand our vision of something. So we feel like I have to fit in the current structure of the way things are not realizing I would say it this way. Um, you know, if I'm picking a youth pastor, I'm, I'm actually opposite. I kind of break the systems a little bit. I'm probably not looking for a guy who went to seminary and studied uh, ministry. I'm probably looking for a guy who's constantly with youth, somebody who's pouring into youth. If I'm looking for a female worship leader, I'm probably standing on the stage looking for a female that's worshiping. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go to somebody who was just trained. I'm going to go to somebody who's functioning in it. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that's powerful because if you, if you're a woman and you're saying, I want a platform, but you're, you're not say you, I, I want to have a women's ministry. Well, are, do you have women in your home ever? Do you mm-hmm. ever have, do, are you ever out ministering to women mm-hmm. outside of there? Or are you just wanting a platform mm-hmm. and that's with guys or girls? Yeah. I want to see people functioning and I love that the walls, uh, let the walls fall down kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's powerful because it can expand so much. It, it actually ignites you for ministry mm-hmm. instead of limits you in ministry. Yes. And I feel like most of the arguments, and we did this too, just because it was a conversation starter, mm-hmm. but most of our arguments have been about how do we get women to be able to be empowered in church? And mm-hmm. typically, when we hear that, that means how can I get them on a stage? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? In a certain structure. Yeah. In a building. Yeah. yeah. So what are you guys doing? I mean, Brave Worship is is doing that. Like, it's mm-hmm. tearing it down because it's yeah. like, well, we don't have to... It doesn't mean we don't minister in churches because yeah, that's... Right. We, you want the full expression, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But what do you do? doing to to do that because i know there's some some women out there even some guys who are like i want to 
man, maybe that's right. I don't necessarily need this stage. I need to just do yeah. what my heart's saying to do. Um, what are you doing right now to kind of break or let those walls fall down? Well, I think for me, and and I mentioned this to you on the way here, Amanda, I felt the Lord telling me heavily on my heart last year, you can wait for opportunity or you can create opportunity. Yeah. Like you have total freedom and I'm coming with you. What do you guys want to do? Or you can sit where you are and wait for that to be given to you. Yeah. But I've, I've found a lot of times it's, it's never, it never is given to you. Yep. So it's sort of a waste of time. Yes. So we went into action. We started in January and we started creating opportunity. So that was, um, we created a blog team, which Amanda heads up our blog team. We had 18 bloggers yeah. that, um, contributed yeah. this last season. Yeah. Um, we have an outings and outreach team. So they're planning, how can we create community together? How can yeah. we get women together? Um, how can we minister to others? They're yeah. all planning that. We have a prayer and prep team. Um, so they're praying for the events. They're praying for people. They're checking on you know, people that have just moved to town or people that are sick. So it's spreading. It's just yeah. starting to grow and spread. And, and we released our first song, and we're getting, to really, getting ready to release some more. So. Yeah. You know, I don't, it's just like she said, what do we already creatively do? Yeah. Well, then let's just do it together. Yeah. Let's just do it in this community and um, asking the Lord for other ways um, to knock those walls down. I love that. Yeah, I got a, a, a question probably for everyone, Dustin, Amanda, and Christy. So I think that's great. And I think the, the whole woman dynamic is interesting because it is so front center. There are some churches out there that you guys know of, we all know of, that will not that are like, hey, woman, we don't want them in ministry or we don't want the female in ministry or up on the platform. Mm-hmm. And that's that's tough for me because I came from a very different background. Um, but how do you how do you then go about dealing with conflict within the structure you're in? So say you're in the church leadership or you're something like that and you're like, I feel God's calling me to that and there's some conflict there or some sort of like um, – uh, what's the word? Opposition mm-hmm. to that, to yeah. go like, I don't want you, no, we don't really do that here. How do you then uh, balance the call of God that you believe is God's telling you versus your leadership? Because I think that, I think that yeah. works across guys and girls, but this yeah. girls are more forefront because it is such a yeah, that's a thing. problem. Well, I, I, I loved, you know, we, we were talking right before. I'd love to hear, Amanda, it was pretty interesting. You said you were leading at two different campuses, one church, right? I mean, it was under one banner, banner, yeah. but it was two different campuses, and they were dynamically different. Maybe you could talk about that, because you obviously would have had different experiences in how you handle them, too. Uh, maybe you can speak to that, because I know there's some that will probably resonate with one, and then some will resonate with the, the other. other. Yeah. How did you handle both of those? Um, well, first of all, I think to kind of pull these two comments together and questions was the thing that's been on my heart and that helped me so much was realizing that God did not call me to inferiority hmm. and that he doesn't call any man or woman in their role to serve him to be inferior. He calls to empower them and equip them to do that. And so, and yes, I've, I've been in places of blessing, you know, in, in settings where um, I was honored and respected and part of the team and felt, you know, given permission to do what you know I felt was on my heart to do and then other settings where I felt like I was definitely kind of under a thumb you know and wanting to be controlled mm-hmm. um and you know not a place of freedom mm-hmm. and so you know it is difficult because if you're in that setting and you're like boy I've got these things on my heart that God's stirring these passions these dreams to do and yet in your context it's like eh right know, yeah it's kind of like mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, what do you do with that? Um, honestly, I had to remove myself from that particular setting. It wasn't going to be a place um, where I could grow, where I could develop what I needed to develop mm-hmm. um, within myself. And so what you said about platform, God spoke to that to me in mm-hmm. that setting, in that time period, and said, stop, you know, stop striving for that platform. Yeah. That's not where it's at. It was in the people. And so I went from a very large, you know, influence with a very large church down to the, this new campus of, you know, 30 people. Wow. But it was where I grew. It was where, you know, I came into my calling, really, and learned how to lead better just as an individual, not under any certain, you know, thumb or anything like that, and had that freedom to to be who I was supposed to be. Yeah. I think ideally, um, in my experience, which has been a, a little different than yours, Amanda, but mm-hmm. in my experience, you know, in a healthy church, you should be able to have those conversations yeah. with leadership yep. and sit down and say, here's what I see, um, here's how I'm feeling, and, um, you know, be able to express yourself. Yeah. And I think what gets hard is when you actually do that, you step out and you share and you express how you're feeling and what you're seeing. And, um, you know, their response can send you one way or another way, Mm -hmm. you know, um, if there's a wall up and you definitely know you're not getting through, then really you have two choices and that's, you're going to be there, but you're not going to be ministering Mm -hmm. and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Or you have to go to a place where you can minister, which sometimes is not another church. Sometimes that's just another way. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I think if people heard that, I it is hard because we, we had that question come up in one of our conferences and a girl stood up and said, you know, my church doesn't believe in women being able to be in ministry and to be used and, and, and said, you know, how should I handle it? And I mean, uh, my instant response is leave. And, and yeah. some people hated that I said that because they're like, <laughs> what the, you know, but, but my thing is, is that I said this earlier, you Submission submission only happens when you disagree. That's hard for people sometimes. So you don't sub if you if you agree, that's called agreement. Mm-hmm. So there are times when you're like, submission is like, we don't agree, but we walk together, you know? So I can be at a church where I don't always agree with something and and still stay. Cause I I think that's why they didn't like it, because they basically said, Well, then you just gave license for everybody to leave it doesn't agree. So that's not what I'm saying. It's not when we just don't agree on something and there's some things that we we walk hand in hand together. Yeah. But when somebody is blatantly saying you'll never have a space here or place here to do anything. Mm -hmm. And you know, God's called you to do it. There are churches out there longing for empowered women to step up on a stage. Why you, and I said this, and this is really hard, but you, you actually, by staying in a place like that, become the rebellion Mm -hmm. because you're, you're basically saying like, I don't really care what leadership says. I'm going to override it. Mm -hmm. Well, even if they're wrong, you're not forced to stay in that place. Mm -hmm. So if you choose to stay in that place, remember even Jesus told the disciples, if they don't accept your message, wipe the dust from your feet and leave because they become the problem. If they stay trying to beg people to change. Yes. This isn't about begging people to change. It is. Mm -hmm. And it's, and to me, that's where from, you know, I have a 17 year old daughter and I want to see her. I want to see her free and I want to, I want to see her run. I know she's not going to be under a leader that 
she completely agrees with all the time. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. You, that's when submission has to happen. Like, okay, yeah. I don't agree that we should go this direction, but yeah. you're the leader. I'm, we're going to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if somebody is coming against her and saying, you can't be this, this isn't who you're called. Well, and she has had various, like, a lot of people tell her, this is actually, we yeah. know who you are. Mm-hmm. Then to me, it's time to move on. Yeah. And I feel like that's a powerful word. And, and I'm glad you said it first because it makes, you know, well, if anybody's mad, uh, yeah. it's Chrissy Nordoff at gmail.com. No, it's not. Nice yeah. try. It's, it's Chrissy doesn't care at no, gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. Well, I think there's a big difference on what the issues are that would make you do that. Honestly, because like, if it's like which way we're going to baptize you, but it's still a way, Mm -hmm. then that feels completely different to me than, um, this is who you are, but you have to shut that off when you're here. Yeah. So it's total, completely shutting down a whole person versus, you know, just a little tweak in the, what's yeah. the word I'm trying to think of? In the system. Yeah. 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 And I understand. And that's where, and, and you talked yeah. about that. It's the leadership, you know, different leadership styles sometimes, but then sometimes it is just a leadership style. It's not that they don't believe in women. Cause I think that is changing and I've loved have the the conversations we're having at a lot of churches. Uh-huh. That's why I don't want to push down this too much because a lot of people are actually seeing so much freedom in life that God is doing so many powerful things. And we tend to only hear the ones who aren't because yeah. it's like, that's why I said like there are places that are very freeing and doing mm-hmm. it. Sometimes it's about a leadership style, you know, yeah, and yeah. you got to make a decision. Can I work with this yeah. or not? Mm-hmm. And even that girl with her comment, like I can't do this in my church. Yeah. You know, like I would, I would ask her, okay, well, what what is your church? You know, mm-hmm. what is church? And isn't church supposed to be a community where we, we cheer each other on, where we want to equip one another and further each other's giftings? And if that's not happening, yeah, is that really your church? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You and know? you said earlier mm-hmm. about the mother, you know, like a mother and father. It's like every family needs both. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. I mean, statistically, mm-hmm. uh, for in a real family, everybody, need, you need a mom and a dad. And the health the of church the, is the same way. Of the children really depend on it. And yeah. if you look at statistics, like for just physically having parents in the home, yeah, and you translate that into a spiritual mm-hmm. way. I can guarantee you the statistics of the home are the exact same statistics of the church. Mm. The ones who leave, the ones who are abusive, uh, tend to not be balanced and have mothers and fathers. And, and I feel like you, if you look at it, we have a very skewed system that will reveal itself through the statistics Mm -hmm. that it's not being uh, mothered or and fathered uh, Mm -hmm. both. So I love this conversation. I I think if people can can, talk about it for a long time. Yeah. And one of the, you know, maybe to close out, I, I, one of the things you said was um, the Lord told me not to wait, you know, to create opportunities. Mm-hmm. One of the um, things I, I, I don't even know where I got it, but it is a saying, and it said the best way to predict the future is to create it. And my father-in-law always says, quit complaining about the dark and just turn on the light. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you're out there and you're frustrated with where you're at, um, I understand that. And, but, you know, don't complain about it because complaining empowers it. 
Can, we, can I just say too, like just as I'm thinking about it, <clears throat> what you're saying is like it's not dishonorable to do to do that. Yeah. Because I feel like some people may think it's dishonorable yeah. that, or they've been told, like Amanda, you said, like maybe you're being rebellious or you're being out of line by doing this, and it's not dishonorable to chase after the things of God mm. and to create those opportunities. And I feel like people are listening, going, "Well, I can't go against that because it's dishonorable." Well, it's dishonorable to God not to chase what He's asked you to do and, mm. and be obedient to that. I yeah. think that lines up with that. Don't be afraid to create opportunities that are going to benefit the church, uh, whether you're a woman or, or a kid or yeah. a, a male. You know, just to be like, I'm going to create these opportunities, and your leadership really should should follow suit of that and that's honorable to God and it's not dishonorable to your leadership to chase after that. Yeah. Mm. And I think that that's why I love having these conversations because that's what you have to do. You, like both mm. of you said, you go to your leadership, you should be able to have this conversation. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. If you can't, that's revealing. <laughs> if you can't right. even have the conversation, that's revealing. If you can't ask questions, there's a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I feel like that's why these are good things for us to do on these podcasts. Because maybe for some of you, you feel like no one is asking the question for you. And you need to know there are people asking it. And mm-hmm. there are people stepping out beyond it. So don't wait, create. And the second thing is, is like expand your vision of what your ministry is. And I'll tell this real mm-hmm. quick story. My daughter when she was 12 I asked her what she wanted to do she said she wanted to be a nurse and and she kept saying I want to be a nurse and my mom was a nurse my the a couple of the girls in our ministry are nurses and I thought that was pretty cool but inside I just thought I just don't know if that's what she's supposed to be but I would never tell her that you know and one day the Lord said um if you don't if you're not so sure why don't you expand her vision because what she's doing is taking her skill sets and putting it into the profession she knows that works and so um, I never had a conversation about it, you know, and like maybe you do something different, but I took her to Uganda and we walked into a baby home, a baby's home and, uh, and watching her take care of orphans and, and she just came alive. Mm-hmm. So we came home and we met with, uh, uh, some friends the other day over dinner and we haven't had conversations still about it. She wants to do nursing. She, and she feels called nursing, go for nursing. If you feel mm-hmm. called to ministry mm-hmm. and somebody asked her, what do you want to do with your life? And she didn't even blink. She's like, ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he, he said, what kind of ministry? And she's like, I want to do what, what my parents do. Mm-hmm. And he goes, where do you think you'll do that? And she said, I'll probably do it in Uganda. And I thought, you know what? And it may not even be Uganda. But what, what it did was I expanded her vision of what her skill sets could do. Mm-hmm. And some people have such a limited view, mm-hmm. like the stage. Mm-hmm. Like, this is no, this is where it has to happen. You only think that because that's where you've seen something that you liked Mm -hmm. but i'm telling you there are so many avenues out there and that's why i love what brave worship is doing i saw your videos the other night Mm -hmm. uh and just the people coming alive you know and i saw the you know we talk it's like well you can gather just women to do it but i saw some in there too and um and and we believe in what you're doing and we want you to know that we love what you're doing and and we feel like you are are helping tear down walls and we want to help tear down those walls alongside you. Mm-hmm. And we feel like we'll be more empowered because we're doing this together. Um, and not just trying to just shine the light on one thing, but it is that we get to finally do stuff together, you know? Mm-hmm. So we, we, can they find you to brave worship.com. Braveworship.com, yes. So if you want to find out more about Christine and Amanda, you can go to mm-hmm. brave and check them out and give them a shout out, you know? Yeah. 
And Amanda did an article for All About Worship. All About Worship. Thank you so and, much. Which is amazing. And and I told Christy, I said, I feel like we need some more of that kind of stuff yeah. coming through All About Worship. So you can She's get on and check those out. Right, I like, like it. it. Are those all on Brave some? Worship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So dig into Brave Worship. Yep. Uh, check out their uh, all the writings, all the stuff that they're doing. If you're a lady, I just talked to a couple this week and pointed them directly to to you guys and just said, you need to connect with these um, with these ladies and, and what they're doing. We feel like this is a really a movement um, mm-hmm. that's really just empowering women, and, and we're super proud of you guys and what you're doing. So Thank thanks. You, thanks for so coming. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for being a part. You. Sorry you had to sit Appreciate by James. Yeah. And um, <laughs> next time we'll try to get you a better chair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you have a great week. Bye. You've been listening to the Brave Worship Podcast with Dove Award-winning songwriter Chrissy Nordhoff and worship leader and music pastor Mary Beth Dodd. Visit braveworship.com forward slash free song and sign up for the email list to get updates on all the latest Brave Worship events, conferences, and retreats. Plus, get free songs to use in your next worship service, complete with chord chart and track. Also, find out how you can join Chrissy and Mary Beth in person at the next Brave Worship Conference. Simply visit braveworship.com forward slash conference to learn more. The times I've grown most as a songwriter are the times I've had mentors showing me the way. If you're looking to grow as a songwriter, we're now accepting applications for our Worship Songwriter Mentorship. Now, it's available only a few times each year. The Worship Songwriter Mentorship is a songwriting intensive that will help you craft impactful worship songs. It's a course created by Dove Award-winning and Grammy-nominated, drumroll here please, (laughs) our founder, pro songwriter Chrissy Nordoff. It's a small group community, and it's led by other songwriters over the course of nine weeks. It's an intensive course and a small group co-writing environment, and that means you'll be added to a special group of about 12 writers, give or take. Each group is led by experienced songwriters, some of them my dear, dear friends, and I've even gotten to lead a group or two. Rachel here, by the way. We love the church, and we love to champion fellow worship songwriters just like yourself. In this mentorship, you'll learn how to write songs for you and your congregation. You'll go deeper in your intimacy with Jesus. You'll get the tools needed to help craft songs more easily and never run out of creative ideas. Okay, I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, this course is a game changer. You'll learn how to leverage your unique songwriting personality and connect with other like-minded writers in a meaningful way. Truly, I can't think of another course, group of people, community that has impacted my songwriting the way that this mentorship has. If you're wanting to take the next steps in your songwriting journey, then apply now at the link in our show notes. We hope to see you there.